0: Welcome to Safety Spectrum your environmental health and safety connection. This program is a presentation of the Michigan Safety Conference. For almost a century the annual conference has provided credible educational opportunities and valuable support to the safety and health practitioner by offering 120 instructional programs along with exhibits highlighting the latest in safety equipment instrumentation and demonstrations. To learn more about the conference please find us at M-I-C-H, Welcome to Safety Spectrum. I'm your host, Sheila Eid. This program is sponsored by the Michigan Safety Conference, and our topic today is the leadership role in safety. When a company talks about safety being job one, what does that really mean? What does that look like? How do we emphasize and illustrate our commitment to the people who work for and with us? Our guest today offers some insights. Our guest, Lisa Fisher, is owner of Lisa Fisher Associates, providing customized training and coaching packages that focus on professional growth and development. She specializes in maximizing productivity, focusing on priorities and leadership. The goal is to help clients achieve their definition of success by providing the tools, resources, and accountability to get there. Aside from being a principal investor of the Lansing Keller Williams franchise, Lisa subcontracted with Keller Williams International, coaching and training CFOs and business leaders across the U.S. and Canada. She is also founder and co-host of Adventures in Business, a podcast where Lansing-based entrepreneurs and nonprofits shamelessly plug themselves in their businesses. Thank you for joining me today on Safety Spectrum, Lisa.
1: Thank you so much for having me today, Sheila. How
0: are you? Really good. Really good. Um, You've got to tell me, what what do you mean by shamelessly promoting themselves on your podcast? Tell me about your podcast. (laughs) So...
1: I do a lot of networking. I love meeting new people. And you know, when you go to different networking events, you get 60 seconds if that to convince somebody to like you, want to have a cup of coffee, learn more about you. And I wanted to provide a platform for people to be able to just come and share who they are, what they do, so that we can promote local business owners. And of course, the conversation escalates from there with, with how they answer the questions. And so my co-host, Amy Zander with Zedia Media and I have, we're on our second season and we have met so many amazing entrepreneurs, business people, nonprofits that just come and share who they are, what they do and why they're doing it. That's awesome. So how would you describe your business? Who do you, who do you work with? I work with the gamut, right? I work with such a wide variety of people, yet I work for those people that are looking to grow. They're looking to perform better than they have in the past or just get the most out of their business. I work with solopreneurs. I work with organizations that have 200 employees. So it's a little bit all over and it's, people that are having a need that want to be a better version of themselves
0: or implement something to grow. So what, how do you feel, what role does leadership play in safety and what does it look like? You know, Leaders have a responsibility to keep their people
1: safe. Nobody succeeds alone. Nobody fails alone. We need our people and we need them to be able to feel comfortable and confident in the environments that they're coming in. So as leaders, we need to provide that space. We need to observe and learn what's going on around us. We need to make sure that we're educating and training and holding a higher um standard if you will in the workplace to be able to keep people safe whether it's from walking inside the building in a well lit parking lot to making sure machinery is operating properly there's just so many things that we have and I was actually at a safety training today and I asked the leaders themselves before we even went into the presentation you know what they thought the leader's role in safety was and oh, interesting. they were Yeah. Pointing things out. Look for upgrades, right? Look for opportunities to create a better environment for safety. Um, Be consistent, provide training, accountability to the rules and the policies on safety. So, you know, just from asking them straight up, they had pretty, pretty good idea on how they should perform.
0: And it's Mm -hmm. not just managers. I think uh, your peer group, you have leaders, uh, unofficial leaders that, uh, have an influence on the workplace as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's giving them the tools to be able to, to lead is mm-hmm. probably another part of that too. Mm-hmm. So what's, the, what's the downside of not valuing your employees? You
1: know, turnover right now, we're in a staffing crisis. When people don't feel safe or they don't feel valued, they're going to go somewhere else that they are and cost. When we think about risk management and cost, the cost of an injury, the cost of a turnover, it's impacts a business in many different ways. So we want to make sure that we are on top of these things and valuing the people that come to work for us and recognize the individuality. And yet also we have rules, we have standards, we have processes in place to keep you safe. So we need to make sure that you're
0: willing to also commit to following those. So walk the talk, so to speak. You betcha. So uh, how does communication impact safety? Cause that's what we're really talking about here. Everything rises and falls on communication.
1: You know, when you think about somebody that has an injury, I've cut myself at work, but I don't report it. Maybe there's a sharp edge or something that needs to be fixed to prevent it from happening in the first place. So we have that side of things where the employees need to come and communicate. But also, if I don't know what the rules are. How am I supposed to know to perform to those rules? So by sharing with us what the expectations are, the proper way to wear my um, PPE equipment, the proper use of a piece of machinery. When we're hiring right now and somebody says, yep, I've, I've driven a forklift truck. I know how to drive a forklift truck. Forklift. We take them for their word if we don't do the research and have them test. So
0: you might know how to drive a forklift truck, but when's the last time you drove one? Do you know how to drive a stand? When I worked at uh, my Michigan OSHA, that was one of the most frequent questions we got from employers. They hire a temp and they say they have a forklift license. Can I just put them on the machine? I go, no, you have to verify that they can run the machine in your property doing your test and then you sign off on it you just don't take somebody's word for it you're not putting them down they probably understand the mechanics of it but they don't know your workplace
1: exactly and also with communication we have to provide that environment where we're approachable right we need to have rapport with our people that they want to come and report an injury sometimes or or an unsafe condition sometimes if they're not feeling that it's a comfortable space they won't bring it up they the employees won't talk about it so we we need to
0: have that rapport if they're afraid of being punished for it which happens yeah. I mean I'm sure you work with companies that have safety committees oh yes absolutely so that's a way to have to build student uh, employee leaders that they have an opportunity to talk about things and bring up their ideas because I think it's really sad that so often an engineer or whoever designs a system and never walks the floor, never goes in the plant, doesn't really understand or talk to the employees about what might work because they usually know.
1: What looks good on paper doesn't necessarily work for the end user. So how do we keep that dialogue going without offending or, you know, feeling like we're going to get repercussions because we brought something up that you might not like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So have you got some ideas on how do you verify that the communication was adequate?
1: I'm sorry, could you
0: repeat that question? uh, How do you determine that the communication is adequate? What kind of examples could you give me that, you know, what would you tell people to do after they've done a training session? How do you know that the, the thought got across?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of it's the follow-up. Tell me what you just heard. Show me what you just heard. And making sure that the person that you train can demonstrate what they're doing. And the follow-up is so key. Because if I train you on safety and you, you can repeat back to me what we just did, you can demonstrate it, are you still doing it 60 days from now? Are you still doing it 90 days from now? How do we keep that going? So following up and ensuring that it's being held to the standard is very important. And also don't walk around with blinders eye on, keep your eyes open, watch for those opportunities. Not as an, I got you, I'm ca- trying to catch you doing something wrong, but just as, as, are we doing what we're
0: saying we're supposed to do? And and correcting as opposed to punishing, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Here, let me show you how.
1: Or, you know, coaching people to safety is very important. If you see somebody not doing something well, it's coaching them into doing the right thing versus writing them up and let, you know,
0: putting that in their personnel file. Let's show them how to do it. Build their skill. And I think if you have a company that has that kind of attitude, uh, people are not too quick to let you know that someone else is not performing correctly. I've had that experience where I have had a person with an accident and they go, gosh, we always set him aside because he's very accident prone. And I said, why didn't you ever say anything? And they go, well, you don't, you know, so you've got to work through that, that fear of punishment or putting someone else in trouble by reporting something that's not correct. So one of
1: the skill practices, if you will, that I do is that you are a leader and you observe an employee reporting an incident to another leader and the leader says, it's not a big deal. Go do your job. Ouch. So why we do that role play and that skill practice is because as peers, we need to be comfortable having that conversation. Going back to why is communication so important? you know, we're not going to call that other leader out in front of that person, but we definitely need to bring it to their attention if we're witnessing and seeing those things, because communication just isn't from a perceived leader down or that unspoken leader, right? It it goes up and it goes sideways.
0: Absolutely. As a female back in the day, uh, when I said something was a safety issue, didn't necessarily get believed. <laughs> Credibility was hard to build. So the idea is to develop the people so that they understand that they are the example. Peer-to-peer education help. I mean, but I agree, the top down, they've got to walk the talk. Absolutely. So how do you sell it to a company who's worried about the cost? How do you sell empathy, so to speak?
1: You know, the cost of a turnover is huge. When we're losing employees because they don't feel safe at work, that's a big expense. And we do lose people because they don't feel safe at work. Injuries can cost us with workman's comp claims, even though we're insured, sometimes somebody's going to be off work and we're going to have to find an attempt to come in and fill them. The cost of an injury is far outweighs the cost of bringing somebody in to train them on their role or even train them on a piece of equipment properly. OSHA inspections happen. And yet if there's things that come about getting them fixed so the cost of not having it far outweighs the cost of having somebody come in and, and train
0: i think you uh, referred to uh, referred to it a, a little bit ago but uh, how do you explain your method of coaching how do you coach
1: so when i when i go in and coach organizations right we sit down and we do a needs analysis. We, we think about what are some of the areas that they're struggling with. And once we identify those, we work together. I'll ask questions and it's their idea, their, their commitment to what they're willing to implement. And then I hold them accountable because that's from a coaching perspective. It's that accountability piece that really helps. So as we start looking at coming in and coaching, if, if I'm a leader and I'm coaching an employee on bringing them up to par with following a safety protocol, I'm going to state what the problem is. We're going to sit down and we're going to state what the problem is and what the impact it's having on not just the business, but the people around them. And once we are clear on what the issue is through asking questions, was it a training issue? Was it just, you know, whatever it was, we we create a strategy. We create a plan together. They've got buy-in. If they're helping create the plan, they're bought into the execution of
0: that plan. And That's we a really good that- point. Yeah, we mm-hmm. can't say that enough, that they've got to have buy-in and they've got to be part mm-hmm. of the process. You can't Absolutely. just send directions down and assume it's going to work. You know, I hear so many EHS professionals talking about changing, impacting, creating safety culture. How do you define it? And why is safety culture important? You know, it's beliefs, it's values.
1: It's what we consider important when I think of safety culture. It's one where people are bought into keeping our most valuable asset, our people safe. And it's important because when we don't have a culture of safety, it creates a work environment of fear. People will want to leave an organization. It can impact productivity. We already talked about profitability, right? It can impact profitability. But we have a responsibility to keep people safe. And when you take a walk around your facility and your environment in a place that you're responsible for other people, would you want one of your loved ones? Would they feel safe working here? And I think that's a great question to ask because if you don't think that your loved ones would feel safe working in this environment, there's work to do.
0: but we have to have that culture of value value valuing the employees valuing everybody uh, you could talk to me about different generations and the and how you saw the differences. it was kind of kind of interesting what we were talking about. You know when we were talking
1: in um, prior to this, we did talk about the different generations in the workplace and the different things that apply to them. Our younger generations have been nurtured a little bit more. So that whole my way or the highway kind of leadership that we've had in the past, it doesn't necessarily work. And so when we're thinking of some of the younger folks that are coming in, how do we um, how do we build their skill? How do we show them that we care? They want to feel a part of something big. Right. They don't just want to be a number coming in the door and work and go home. They want to be a part of an organization that cares for them and cares about other the environment other things as well but it, it's important to know and recognize the differences in the generations and how they view things so that we can again open those lines of communication and have an understanding
0: i suppose our us boomers are a little different in our value system <laughs> we just expect them to do it right <laughs> young people there's more to it they have to have buy-in i like i like that And I do remember back in the day when I was female out in the in the system and about personal protective equipment and clothing that didn't fit females. We had to adapt to what the men wore and that. And it makes a difference if you don't have the right equipment, it's going to fit you. I uh, would I had to enforce the safety glasses for everybody in the plants. They really hated it. People that didn't wear glasses anyway. So I had the vendor come in and fit everybody with safety glasses. It made a whole lot of difference.
1: Absolutely. If you're spending 90% of your shift punching yourself in the nose because your glasses keep sliding down, right? (laughs) You're not going to want to wear them because they're in your way and you're wasting valuable time.
0: So what are ways to create a culture of safety?
1: Training plans, having a training plan, being consistent, having that committee, like you said, that's active and engaged and they've got goals around safety and objectives. And they're really navigating towards keeping a safe environment. Those are just a few ways of how you can build that culture, yet it's communicating, talking about it, making it visible, Sometimes we get into the flavor of the month. Oh, we had an injury. So now we're going to be laser focused this month on safety because we had an incident. And yet every day should be that way.
0: Go ahead. Just the primary emphasis of keeping our people safe. I was looking up some things about your company and that. And I noticed that you did some training for the Waverly High School robotics uh, team. I did. I did. We had such a good time with that. We, uh, my goal is to
1: tool and equip our current and future leaders, right? We need tools and resources to lead people and to be strong leaders. And I had the opportunity, Jeff Parks and Brittany Parks invited me in to work with some of their students and we had, we had a lot of fun. We took them through the certification program and just really talked about coaching and mentoring we talked about servant leadership just a variety of topics it was great
0: Uh, you do team building would that be part of that too oh yes how do you work in in a team you know we've got a lot of lone rangers out there but (laughs) absolutely
1: bringing people together as a team is so critical and and you know they say it takes a village again, nobody succeeds alone, nobody fails alone. and we have to work together towards the same goals so that we can reach them. And when we're all working in silos and doing our own thing, we and, and we're not communicating as effectively. We're you know bumping our heads against walls, but would we all know our lanes to operate in on a team and we can knock stuff out?
0: for the betterment. So why do you believe this topic is important? Why do you think uh, leadership and safety is important? So there was a
1: psychologist, Maslow, that did the hierarchy of needs. And when he did that, one of the primary pillars, it's not the very bottom of the triangle, but the next pillar up is to reach a level of fulfillment. People need safety and security. It is a human basic need. And I think it's important to be able to present that environment where people do feel that safety and security, not just security that I know I've got a job to come to tomorrow, but whether it is, again, walking into a well-lit parking lot when you pull in, but just having that comfort and removing fears. There's enough things that are going on in the world around us, and if we can provide that environment and that culture for people, it's gonna have one less thing to worry about, one less thing to stress about. And I know if I make an impact and talk to enough people that my kids and my grandkids are going to be able to work in a safe
0: environment and come home at the end of the day. Do you have an opportunity to follow up with companies after you've done some of this uh, leadership training or coaching?
1: There are opportunities for others. They sometimes bring me in for an additional coaching session. Sometimes it's just an email. Hey, how are things going? What did you implement? A lot of my training also ends up with a action plan with an action plan. Uh So I have them turn them into whoever it was that hired me in the organization. They can follow up to make sure they're actually implementing what they learned in a session. And so some of it's me following up with the business owner or the person that brought me on board. It's giving them tools so they can follow up on their people to ensure they're actually putting into play what they're investing in.
0: Because that's the thing is always, you wonder, uh, everybody's always fired up right after we do the training or the coaching and the role playing and then it goes away. That, that That's a problem. Keeping it Keeping it new, keeping it in front of us. absolutely i think those follow-up and action plans are a really good idea because it kind of keeps you 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 can go back and check it okay how are we doing six months from now sort of thing
1: i've been one of those people that have attended a training and kind of drank from a fire hose brought home so much information that i was too overwhelmed to do anything so it sat in a box
0: (laughs) i've been doing some cleaning lately and yeah i'm finding a lot of stuff that i had in a box I brought back from work that probably don't need it anymore, (laughs) that declutter. So we've talked a lot about uh, leaders and culture. Uh, Have you got any final thoughts that you want to expand on or any success stories you want to share?
1: You know, leadership needs to be a habit. Uh And it can't be that one and done or we're going to implement this great safety program and let it sit by the wayside so as leaders that's one of the arms of what we do so how do you make safety a habit and like you said it's keeping it top of mind awareness in front of you and not to the point that it's just a habit that is a checkoff box i've done that but that you're really ingrained in following through following up looking for those opportunities where you can continue to build on a safer environment. So go out, excuse me. So go out and create the habit of safety. And then keep
0: practicing. <laughs> it's
1: keep called practicing. A safety
0: practice, right?
1: <laughs> right. Well, and nothing ever goes away. And sometimes there's changes. There's a new piece of equipment. There's new hires that come on. There's just, you know, it's, it's ever, it's ongoing. And so we need to make sure that oh yeah, we did this training last year because we did the you know OSHA certification or they had an inspection last year, but we've added new people. We've added new things.
0: Let's keep it going. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, when I did used to do statistics or look at the stats for accidents and I was in, working in the safety world, it seemed like the accidents occurred to the newbies, the new people within like, the first year and the folks that had been there 10 or 15 years. I hear that a lot. Somebody
1: gets comfortable. Somebody yep. starts making shortcuts, it's a habit. and they and done get it 100 hurt times, and nothing happened. You know, <laughs> right? Right. That was, you know, sometimes a safety rule or a policy is not a thing until it becomes a thing, and that's no. what we want to we want to prevent any serious injury, any accidents. Accidents are going to happen. We're human beings by all means. However, being preventative and just putting
0: systems and processes in place. Systems, absolutely. Because you want to set something up so that if they fail, they fail to not getting hurt. I, right. I can't tell you the number of times they brought new equipment in and then they had me come and look at it. And it's like, now we got a retrofit. I mean, you need to do it right from the design <laughs> sign stage. Kind of funny. Absolutely. Okay. Well, the commitment to and the valuing of employees, this is active leadership quality. Rather than relying on a safety flavor of the month, it's an ongoing skill that requires care and attention. I'd like to thank Lisa Fisher. She could be reached at Lisa at LisaFisherAssociates.com. If you have questions about this podcast, the Michigan Safety Conference, or if you would like to be a guest or support one of our podcasts, information can be found on our website at mishsafetyconference.org. And hey, don't forget to access MSC website and sign up for the 2023 conference coming up April 18th and 19th at the DeVos Center in Grand Rapids. This is Sheila Ide and thank you for listening to Safety Spectrum.